<sighs> Listen, we love you all. And I'm excited about today. Um, the other day, uh, I get been a week, right? I was just looking across the table at Jared, and I was like, man, what can I do for you? He said, and, and this was Thursday, I think. And he said, you want to preach? And I was like, what else can I do? You know? But I love being a part of this team and a part of, a part of this, man. Like, God's moving. He's real and he's alive, and I feel it. Man, it's so good to be in that living water, right? And, and so today we're going to talk about some of that. Um, um, there's this thing that, that we talk about a lot around here, and, and, and it's the four chairs of kind of this discipleship pathway. And, and, and these four chairs each represent where we are on our spiritual journey, on our walk to Jesus, on our walk with Jesus. Each chair is specific, and each chair is representative of a stage or a life place that we are. Uh, and, and so I want us to take just a few minutes and look at each of these chairs, right? Right, so we got chair one, chair two, chair three, and chair four, right? So one, two, three, and four. Your turn, right? Ready? Right, right, all right. Just don't, that way we don't get confused because it's very important we know which ones they are, okay? So this first one is an unbeliever. It's comfortable, right? We come in. We, they, we want it to be comfortable for them. So they come in, and they're able to sit here, and, and they're just visiting maybe. They've got a ton of questions about God. They aren't sure, uh, you know, what they're getting into or what it's all about, but they're looking for something. Like they're looking for something. Uh, it's an invitation for something more, but they're here, and they're curious, uh, and, 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 and they're wanting more information about Jesus so they can make a bold decision. Second chair, it's a believer, right? So they've accepted Jesus in their life, and, and, and they're starting to learn and to grow, and they're starting to bring in this, this knowledge. They still have questions about God, and, and they don't have it all figured out yet, uh, but they've started down this pathway uh, toward chair four. And they started down this road. And this chair is like you've responded to the call of Jesus, um, and, and you're learning. You're just growing. So, so chair two. Chair three is a worker, right? So we use an office chair. It's where I do a lot of work from, right? And so this chair is like a student, right? And, and, and so, so it's a, like a, a worker. So, so, so uh, they, they've been invited, they've learned and grown, and now they're doing things. Like we saw this yesterday with people vacuuming their floors. We saw it setting up chairs. Uh, you, see, you see these people working and doing and, 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 and those things. And so, so there's work that happens in this chair, right? Well, this is the disciple maker. Chair four is a disciple maker, right? And so, so they got to be ready to pack up and go and do whatever God calls them to do, and they're ready to go do it. And, 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 and they've still got questions. They're still studying. They're still working. But there's something different, right? Uh, 
And so we're going to look at each of these four chairs. Want to know how you're in four, chair four? Right, right. Here's just a real quick little test, right? You told somebody about Jesus? Right. How to know if you're in this chair, you're telling people about Jesus. And so that's just a real quick measuring stick of, of where we're going today, right? Um, Jesus never intended for us to live in these three chairs. Right? He wants us over here. He, this is good. That's great. And, and so, so we're, we're watching this progression. It, it, the intention for, for what we try to do is to get as many people as we can down there in chair four. Uh, that, that's what it's about. The, the invitation is to start in chair one, but, but we don't want you to stop there because more often than not, people come and sit in chair one, and, and somebody invited them to come check it out, and, 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 and maybe they move to chair two, and, and we get stuck. We get stuck right in there. And so we're going to talk about how do we get down in chair four because we're not satisfied if somebody just chair four. Like, like that's where we're you to be active in bearing fruit. In other words, we want you to be reaching out to people and to a community and to things. We do a lot of things to get people to come into church and to be in this first chair. The boxing gym, the market, uh, celebrate recovery, all these things. Like we want people to come and sit in this chair, but it's not our goal. Like that's not where we want people to, 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 to stay. We want them to, get to come and to go to chair four. And, and so the other things that we do um, is to move you down to there. The major problem is that people move into chair two and three and they stop, right? It's kind of like Kentucky football. Too soon. <laughs> but you get stuck, right? Uh, but could you imagine this? Like somebody break through the line, they got a clear field, and they're running, they get to the 20-yard line, and they sit down. Like nobody around them. They just stop. Like that's not what we're supposed to do. We've got to go to the goal line. And, and so we're, we're trying to push people to this chair number four. Let's look at these chairs, right? Chair number one. It's a comfortable chair. We try to make it comfortable because we want you to come sit down. I want you to be here. It's kind of like Cracker Barrel, right? And so when you're in Cracker Barrel and the line's too long, what do you do? You go outside, sit down, play checkers, talk to each other. Ask questions, figure out things, right? In Luke 19.10, Jesus says, The Son of Man come to seek out and to save the lost, right? He come to seek and to save the lost. He not only found lost people, but he turned them into devout followers. He, he took them, and, and he wanted them to be in chair one, and, but he really wanted them to be in chair four. And, and, and even here, we see Jesus give these people an invitation, right? An invitation for here, but he wants them to move. Like, he doesn't want us to be still. He wants us to move. And, 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 and so, so that's it. He wants us to be all we can be in our life of faith. In the book of John, chapter 1, Jesus had been baptized by John the Baptist, and he proclaimed, right? He said, Behold, here comes the Lamb of God, the one who takes away sins of the world, right? And so he made this bold proclamation about who Jesus was. And the next day, Jesus is walking. He's just out walking, and John and two of his disciples are just kind of there, and they see Jesus going by, and his disciples begin to go with Jesus, and they're just walking with Jesus and for some time. And they ask Jesus, they say, Hey, where are you going? He says, come and see. That's this chair. 
Just come and see. Just come and see. And this is really that invitation. Come and see. Come and see what? Come and see all that God has to offer. But this is just the first step. He says, come and see. Come and see, right? The psalmist, he says, taste and see, right? Like you go in the mall, you got the guy there with the chicken and the thing. He's like, if you try this, you're going to want that. Jesus says, you want it? Try this? You're going to want that. And so, so he says, come and see. First chair people have invited, been invited to come and see what this is all about. They're usually brought here through friendships or maybe uh, uh, just, just, just been invited by somebody or maybe they've heard or seen or, or Facebook or something. They, just, you know, they, they come here and they're asking questions and they're curious about all the things that they've heard about. So this rocking chair represents chair number one. Come sit on the front porch. Right? People got rocking chairs on their front porch. My papa had one, right? My grandfather, not my grandfather, my papa. Uh, I remember being a kid and sitting on that porch with him, right? And we'd just rock. Mine would touch tip to tip, right? You know how a little boy is. My grandfather had a knife, and he'd be whittling a piece of wood, just old stick, putting a point on it, but really he's trying to give me a point. We'd talk about things, you know. Uh, that same knife he used, he'd Peel me an apple and then carve some wood some more, right? Take advice from a man that cuts an apple and carves wood with the same knife. They've done something, right? But I remember sitting on that porch with him, and he'd take his knife, and he'd just be carving, not making anything, just whittling wood. Uh, and it was on that front porch. It was from him on that front porch in that chair that I learned things about life, about money, uh, about friendship, about work about love, and probably my favorite thing I learned from him was wrestling, right? And then you had some chairs in wrestling. But he was talking to me and my cousins. He would give us advice that could only come through years of experience. Uh, I had questions. He had answers. We'd just sit and we'd talk. I wouldn't trade anything for those moments, but that's why we, us, need to be ready. Because when people come in and they sit in this chair, they've got questions. We need answers. And so, 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 so whenever they come, the people in these chairs are to answer the questions of this. Um, because eternity is exactly what's at stake. I mean, it's, it's eternity that's at stake for the people who are here in this chair. Our entire philosophy here at New Beginnings on, on why we do the things we do are centered around getting people from into this chair, but not just stuck in this chair to get them in chair four. That's why we do the things we do. That's why we have youth group. That's why we do small groups. That's why we meet at the coffee shop. That's why we have Celebrate Recovery. That's why we do these things. We don't want people to come in and have questions and not get answers. We're trying to grow. We're trying to... Trying to trying to get you to there. I mean, that's it. Uh, uh, we, we want people, so, so, so those things, the small groups and everything, are for people down in here, that they'll be ready to answer the questions of people who come in here. Because there's a whole world out there who's just dying to come alive. This chair. That's why we're invested in the community. We want people to come in and sit down. Come and see. Come and see. 
Um, and, and, and we want people to sit in this chair. There's a story in the book of Acts about a guy named Philip, and this Ethiopian official. Uh, the story is kind of like this, right? This Philip was an evangelist, and he really knew his theology and the things that he needed to lead people to Jesus. And, and he was really being used by God in a big way during the early church and the foundations of things. And, and God told him one day that, that you need to go stand beside this road, and this road that would lead from Jerusalem to a desert. He said, just go stand by the road. And so he did. And he waited. I don't know how long he waited. He just waited. Did the things, you know, that you do when you wait. Scroll on Facebook, probably. No. But, but he was just there because he knew God was going to use him. And so soon a bunch of travelers would come by, and it turned out that in this group of travelers was this very rich man from Ethiopia. He was on a cabinet, and he was a treasurer, so he had a lot of money. And, and as they come up, uh, uh, he could hear him reading from the scroll of Isaiah, and, and he could hear him reading about a suffering lamb. So Philip come up to this chariot, and, and he asked if he understood what he was reading. And the official said, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So Philip did. He expanded on the, on the scriptures, you know, and he told him about Jesus. And it was so good. It was so, so good that, that, that this guy, this official, listen to what happens. Acts 8, 36. It says, as they were going along this road, they came to some water. And this eunuch said, look, there's water. What prevents me from being baptized? So the invitation is to come and see. But there's so much more to it than that. There's so much more to it. The real invitation is to start on this journey of faith. It's going to lead to a lifetime of goodness. It, it leads you to be a fruit bearer down there in chair four, right? It leads to a, a, a life of that. But even more, it gives you hope of eternity. So you see this transition to chair two, right? You have to take steps of faith to get into chair two. Uh, first, you accept Jesus into your life. You surrender to him, and that's, that moves you over, right? You repent. Uh, that's a church word, right? Repent. And, and so sometimes in that word, we get confused. We think you have to, to repent. You have to come up here and say this prayer or do this thing or, or, or have this, this, this one, whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, confess your wrong, whatever it is. But, but that word repent literally means in the Greek, to change your mind. You guys change your mind. In the Hebrew, it means to go the other way. So it's like you're going in one direction, something happens, and you go the other. Right? You change your mind, you're going, you change your mind, and something happens. What do you change your mind about? In this context, you live your life and you're following the standards and the expectations of this world. You're following the, 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 the goals and the things that have been set for you by, by who knows what. And Jesus says, come follow me. You change your mind on what's important and you go the other way. You're chasing, you know, uh, you're chasing dreams and they only lead to temporary fulfillment. And, and, and the things that are, are... So you got a new iPhone, right? Guess what happens in January? New iPhone, right? <laughs> and so you're changing things, and you're always looking for newer, bigger, faster, stronger, whatever. 
and you're heading down this road, and in John 1.43, Jesus is talking to Philip, and he gives him this invitation. And it's an invitation for you that's here right now. And, and, and he says, come follow me. Right? Come follow me. This, this invitation is in the Bible over 22 times. Jesus says this over 22 times. And, and did you know what happens? You know what happens when he says this? Like there's two outcomes. One, people leave everything. They drop their nets. They get up from their jobs. They give their careers away. They leave their homes. They leave their family. They leave their inheritance. They drop everything and they follow him. But then there's some. He says, man, that's too much. I can't do it. It's a long step. There's this rich young ruler who comes up and says, Jesus, what does it take? He says, get rid of everything that's holding you back and follow me. And he says, he went away sad. He went away sad. And, and so this is an invitation. It's an invitation to quit chasing the applause uh, and, and the things and the rewards of this world and to follow Jesus. It's an initial step of faith. And when you take this step, you're stepping into a life of endless possibilities. You literally turn from this world and you look at Jesus. One of the best ways you can announce your moving of a chair is through baptism. Now, now that, that, that uh, it, it doesn't save you, but it puts a marker in today. It tells the world, you know, like we tell the youth, you know, whenever they had the NBA draft, right? Like one time they like, first pick overall, Anthony Davis. And from that moment on, he belonged to that team. He got all the benefits of that team. He could go to their doctors. He could do anything. He got their payday, right? It was the best part. But there was a day he put on a uniform, and he announced to the world, I am theirs, and they are mine. And that's what baptism does. It announces to the world that I am his, and he is mine. Listen to what author Dan Spader says about baptism and his transformation from chair one to chair two. Uh, the person who moves from chair one to chair two has made extraordinary transformation. They've not simply added just a little Jesus to their life, but they've been made alive. Man, that's good. This is a total transformation where someone is passed from the darkness to the light. From death to life, from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, Christ's goodness has been transferred to this new believer. And it is a transition that needs to be celebrated. And baptism is an outward sign of an inward transformation and should accompany this act of faith. For this reason, baptism is one of the believer's first steps of obedience. Right? The apostle Paul says it like this in Romans. Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, uh, who were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into that death, just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by glory of the Father, so we too might walk in this newness of life. We have been united with him in death like his, and we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection. And so when we see somebody baptized, we see that buried in that death but raised into life. And it's just a beautiful, 
beautiful object lesson uh, that, that helps, it helps, helps put a stake in today and you remember this moment, but it also motivates the rest of these guys, right? Because whenever you see that, you remember what that felt like. You remember that, that movement. You remember that transformation. You remember waking up from the dead and being alive. You start to remember that. So when we see people get baptized, something comes alive. We get this vigor. We get this, this renewed uh, uh, just thing, right? And we sing a song, right? When you say, you're still just as good as when I met you. Man, I'll never forget sitting over there the first time we played that song. And I'm just crying because I remember that day. I remember that moment. And, and my life has never been the same. And, and you can remember that moment. And, and when you do, it moves you. Some of you here have made decisions for Christ. Some of you talked to me about what's my next step. I've accepted Jesus. Now what to do? Some of you told me that, that for a few years you've, you've trusted Jesus. And maybe you've celebrated it with baptism. And for whatever reason, you've stopped here. I don't know. And that's not the thing. Like He wants us to grow and to go. I'm not saying if you've not been baptized, you're not saved. I want to be clear about that. Um, but what I am saying is that it shows our obedience in, what, in, in living this new life of Jesus, with Jesus. What's holding you back? And what's stopping you? And you got questions? We've got answers, right? Come talk to us. We'd love to help that next step. We'd love for you to take this, this, this new step because we want you to grow in your faith and we want you to keep on moving in the right direction. Don't miss this moment. Chair 2 has a lot of excitement, curiosity, eagerness to learn, right? The student's desk. But it is where a lot of people get hung up. But in order to move from chair 2 to chair 3... You have to, have, you have to uh, get nurtured. You have to get strength. You have to grow, right? For someone who is new to the faith uh, and you don't know where to begin, uh, if you don't do something, like you have to do something, or you're not going to make it to the next chair. Like, like it's an active process, right? Like if, 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 if they give you a baby at the hospital, right? You have a baby, they give it to you at the hospital, um, Go home, put it in a room, psh, see in 13 years. You don't do that, right? Babies need things. They need nourishment. They need direction. They need love. They need, they need these things to grow. If you've done these things and you want to move from chair two to chair three, you have to be willing to do things to grow. We're here to help you. We're here to equip you. We need you to thrive. We want to see you start walking in faith in big moments in your life. And I'm not talking about winning championships. I'm talking about winning victories. One of the best ways you can grow uh, and, and to learn is to be involved. Small groups, serve groups, celebrate recovery, those type things. I'm not talking about showing up. I'm talking about being involved. Love each other. Simply love each other. Being, and, and being involved, sometimes you'll vacuum, right? Sometimes you'll set up a table. Sometimes you'll serve some food. Sometimes you'll do that. 
Sometimes you'll just give a hug. Sometimes you pray for people. I'm talking about being involved. I am confident that the number one way to get an unbeliever from that street to this chair is for us to love each other. They're going to get excited. They're going to see something different. They're going to see, they're going to see uh, quinonia, right? They're going to see this togetherness. They're saying, I want that. I don't see that nowhere else. Everywhere else is trying to tear me apart. They're making fun of me. They're trying to rip me to shreds. Did you see that? Did you see this? Right? And if we love each other, people are going to run and jump in this chair, which gives us a chance to put them in that chair. I don't think we'd even have to invite people. Chair three. It's a worker, right? I used an office chair to where my work happens. Made me think about work. Uh, in an office chair, right? So, so, so it's the worker. This is the part of our life where we really start to follow Jesus. We're trying our best to be like him, and we're growing, and we're studying as much as we can, and, and we're involved in ministry. And, and, and so as these chairs go, like if you're in this chair, you've still got questions. If you're in this chair, right, you're still studying and growing, and you still have questions. You're just moving forward. When you get in this chair, we're still going to see how we got all this still going on in our heads. Uh, but, 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 but you're growing and you're learning, uh, maybe volunteering with the kids or the youth or, 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 or you're fixing dinners or you're setting up chairs or t- whatever it takes, but you're an active part of an active team. You feel bad when you miss, right? And, and it's not like you've got a chart with the stars like when I was growing up, right? If you miss Sunday school, you've got the blanks, but it, it's not missing out of guilt, but you miss because you love those people and you just want to be there, right? You want to hear the stories. You want to get a hug. You want to feel a handshake. You want to be a part of this community. And so we want, if you're in this chair, you want things to go smoothly. Any event at church, that way chair, chair one people will be willing to come to chair two because they're going to want to be here too. Like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of that. And so there's this active growth process that's happening. And it's not about being in a building, but it's about becoming part of a family. Whereas chair two, this is me-oriented, right? And not in a bad way, in a good way. It's about learning. It's about taking things in and, 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 and trying to, to solve the problems and the riddles and the questions that you have in your mind, where, where this one is more service and outward-oriented. This is more about us, and this is about me, right? And, and, and so, so uh, we become aware of the needs of others, and we experience the joys of what it's like to serve, right? Being in chair three, you're ready to work. You're ready to go to it. Matthew 4, 19 says it like this. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. I was reading a commentary about the traits of fishermen. And this one Bible commentator, he said this, fishing's hard work. For the most part, they're just ordinary guys doing regular work, taking care of whatever problems or needs arose in an instant. They possess useful skills and were willing to do anything needed to grow their catch. 
He goes on to say that the way you become skilled at this craft is to learn everything you can about it, the tools, the language, the techniques, and then you perform that craft day in and day out. You go to work. And this analogy is used time and time again when it's talking about discipleship uh, because you can feel that in, in that movement. Like you've got to learn, you've got to grow, you know, before you can be the worker, right? Uh, but see, to sit in chair three, you've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and serve rather than expecting to be served. Think about my mission trips that I've been on, you know, whether it be across the state, across the country, international, whatever it is. I, I think about what we would go do, and we've done some crazy things, you know. We built porches, we built ramps, we built a school, we've done different things, and you think you're going to provide something. You're, you're going to, to give them what I thought would be a tangible thing, but what God had really called me to do is go give myself, my entire self, and leave it at the altar of serving others. Serving others that, 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 that cannot repay me under any circumstances. And why, why would I do that? Why would I do that? So they can see Jesus through this work, right? Come and see. When you're in that chair, you invite people to come and see. In this process, you learn something. You learn something about yourself. Whenever you're serving others, you realize what Jesus was talking about when he says it is better to give than to receive. And we do this because we're reminded, we're reminded that, 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 that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Right? And he says, come, let's go to work. The worker's not fully trained, but he's moving in that direction. He's stepping out in faith and experiencing God working through him. So the people who are in chair three are available. They're willing. They're faithful. They're teachable. They're enthusiastic. And they love the opportunity to serve others. They're all in for the kingdom. Chair four. It's not a comfortable chair. I mean, you can see how this was working, right? That's not a comfortable chair. You can pack that up and take it wherever you need to go. Right? This is a disciple maker, and, and he's ready to be on the move. Uh, and, and if you're in this chair, you're doing it. I mean, you're still learning. You're still growing. You're still serving, right? You still ask a question. But you're actively out telling others about Jesus. You're also teaching and training how the next chairs can do that too. You're, you're, you're making disciples who make disciples. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit. You were chosen for a time and a place, and even more important than that, a purpose. And when we live into that purpose, we are, are, are the most fulfilled purpose is summed up in just a few short verses. We call it the Great Commission. Our youth group calls it the cause. It's the cause of Jesus Christ. He came for this purpose and this purpose alone. It's in Matthew 28. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Go invite them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey the commands that I've given you and that I'm with you till the end of the age. And so there's this progression this chair is going to make you do crazy things, right? You're going to do crazy things. You know why? Because you fall in love. You fall in love with Jesus, and you're never the same, right? 
think about that whole process of, of falling in love. I've seen uh, people do crazy things when they fall in love, right? Shoot, I've seen crazy people do, I mean, cr- people do crazy things when they thought they fell in love. That wasn't even a two-month-long deal, right? <laughs> when you fall in love, you talk them into Texas Roadhouse at closing time to bake us some bread because it's your wife's favorite. And you're like, I need the brownie points. And he's like, this is free. Right? When, when, when you fall in love, you do crazy things, right? You, you buy flowers at Walmart, right? You just show up, right? When you're in love, you do crazy things. So I, I'm going to tell this story again. I didn't think I would, but I will. So one time we were in the mall, and uh, uh, Billy went into this store shopping, man, and I'm crazy in love with this girl. Uh, and, and this was several years back. And uh, so she's in this store shopping, and I'm just in the middle watching people doing whatever I do, you know. And, and, and she comes out of the store. I don't know what come over me. But I looked at her, and I'm like, you are so beautiful to me, right? And everybody's just kind of looking at me because I'm doing it loud. Like, I want her to hear me over there. You're everything I hope for. You're everything I need. And the girls are going, oh, and the guys are going, you're stupid. And she was mortified because, like, you can tell I don't sing for a reason. But you do crazy things when you fall in love, right? If you're in chair four, get ready because people's going to make fun of you. Um, Because you're crazy. They're going to call you crazy. But I would rather be judged by those people and be loved by the God of this universe than than to be be accepted by those people and be judged by God. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to do crazy things. Jesus says, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a command, not a suggestion. We're not to get stuck in these chairs. We're called to go and bear fruit. Go and bear fruit. Our goal is to get as many people as we can in that chair down there. We, we are called to get, to get as many people as we can in chair four. You know what that does? It changes the world. It changes the world because people come alive in Jesus and they start living to the fullest. And it changes everything about us, our energy, our goals, our attitudes. And in the process, it sets up a brand new generation to win because they've seen things modeled you know, what are they seeing modeled? What are we showing them? What are we, what are we, what are we teaching them? And they want to see that, and we're giving them this, you know? And, 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 and I want to, we hear this all the time. What's wrong with that generation? Right? I don't believe that. Let me just say that first off. I do not believe that. I believe this new generation is on fire for Jesus, and they're doing things I've never done at their age, and they're setting people free. I'm, every week we say, who told somebody about Jesus? And they stand up, and they give testimonies about how they've told their friends and invited them into this beautiful relationship. They say, come and see. And, and not only do they do that with their friends, they stand up in front of 90 other kids in here on Wednesday night, and they talk about it. Why? Because they're making disciples. We got kids in junior high and high school sitting in chair four, guys. It's holding you back, right? Our goal is to get as many people as we can in that, that chair four. What's wrong with this generation? We ain't got enough people sitting in chair four. We ain't got enough people sitting down here. That's what's wrong with them. They want to see people living it out. They want to see uh, 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 
they got questions. They, all this, they want to see this and answer these questions because the world's doing it. The world's telling them what they believe is true. And so they're making this false dichotomy up in their head. We have an opportunity to set a new generation free. And I say that about the youth. I see it in people my age. I see it in people older than me. We need people in chair four to talk about, to train, and to teach about Jesus. What's holding you back? What's holding you back from moving to the next chair? What's holding you back? Why are you not moving forward? Maybe today you want to make a move. We'd love to help you. We would absolutely love to help you. Maybe you've made a decision for Christ and, and made, made, this, made this step, right? And you made this next step and you're, you're stuck. Maybe that next step is baptism or maybe, maybe, maybe you've been baptized and God's been, been working on you a little bit and you want teamed up with somebody so that you can learn more and study more. We would love to help you with that. Maybe you've been thinking, they talk awful lot about small groups. I'd like to check one out. We'd love to help you with that. Or maybe, listen, this is crazy. Maybe God's put a fire in your heart for a people or, or, or a place that we haven't even thought of yet. Man, we'd love to jump on board with you with that. Like, where are you at? What's keeping you there? Right? What's keeping you there? As the band comes up, I want to take a minute. Um, look at these chicks. Where, where are you at? Where are you? Let me tell you a story. Through a crazy situation, I got to meet this little girl. And I watched as she'd come and see. I watched her learn. I see her sitting in this chair. And today, after a while, she's going to lead a group of girls in a Bible study for the very first time. She's doing it. Emerson's doing it. What's keeping you stuck? If you would like to take a step. I am playing a first service. I'm not going to play music this time. I'm going to be down here and I'm going to pray. I'm going to get Emerson to come up. Come here. I'm going to pray over her and I'd love to pray over you. Because she's making a difference in her friends. She said, I don't care if they laugh, I don't care what they say. I put my stake in God. On this rock, I will stand. <laughs> and He calls you to do the same in your homes, in your meetings, at your job. Don't be stuck. 